Oh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. To be with the Lord's people. David and Choir, thank you. We always appreciate your ministry. Those who play our instruments for us, thank you. Thank you very much. To our sopranos, I appreciate the discount this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, may our hearts, our minds be open to you. We all come to worship services with preconceived notions and we acknowledge that before heaven. What should we sing? What should the choir sing? What should the instruments play? What should the preacher preach on? And a whole host of other things have flooded our minds as we got up this morning, prepared to come to worship and made our way here. Lord, I pray that you would focus our thoughts and our attention this morning. May we give honor and glory to you in the way we listen to your word and in the deep desire of our heart that we might become doers of the word of God and not simply hearers only. Give us a respect for the word of God. Give us a submission to your word. Deliver us from attitudes which would say, I know what it says, but I don't particularly like that. Or I'm not going to do that. Give us a love for you and an awe of our great God. We ask these favors in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. God ordained three great institutions. In each one, He put in place certain principles whereby these institutions were to be governed, guided, and maintained. And to me, I find it significant that some of these principles, some of these guidelines overlap. They are present in all three of the great God-ordained institutions. Let me explain. In order of their establishment, we find in the Bible that God ordained, first of all, the home. We, I fear, live in a day when homes are put on the back burner. Work is elevated. Play is elevated. And home gets the leftovers. The first institution that God put in place was the home. Which is one reason I feel so strongly about recognizing 50th wedding anniversaries. God established the home. And there are people on this earth, and we have a number of them in Wake Chapel Christian Church, who've gone through 50 years. And listen, I don't believe personally, I might be persuaded, but I simply, as a general rule, do not believe 
that 50, 50 years of marriage or two years of marriage comes easy. Most of us, be honest about it, dear people, most of us are self-centered. I want what takes care of Ross. And you say, well, preacher, I didn't know that about you. Yes, you did. And I know that about you too. Okay? Homes can't function like that. Selfishness cannot rule in a home and have that home maintained. God ordained the home. He did that first. Second, God established human government. Now, say what we will about government today. And I don't mind telling you, I'll be just as candid with you. I'm sick and tired of politics. I'm sick and tired of hearing what I have some serious reservations as to whether or not it's the truth. But, nonetheless, all of that said, and I really have no dog in the fight about Republicans, Democrats, or Libertarians. I learned at my home when I grew up, I never heard the term Republican, Democrat, or whatever. My mom and dad simply voted for principles. And that's what I learned to do. But God established human government. We might like it or we might not like it. We might wish it were different or we might wish it would be sustained. But God ordained it. And the Bible says He rises, He raises up kings and He takes them down. God is still in control. It makes no difference what's said in Washington, D.C. God is still in control. He's the one who put government in place. Four if you believe that with me, right? God established the home. God established human government. And last in this order of great institutions, God established the church. He paid for the church. He didn't pay for the home with His blood. He didn't pay for government with His blood. He paid for the church with His blood. Jesus died that folks might come to him and the church be formed. Now, in each of these institutions, principles were given by which they were to be operated and maintained and governed and whatever other words you want to add to that list. One of the principles in each institution, as I said a while ago, there are some principles that carry over into all three. One of the principles that carries over into all three institutions is the principle of honor. Honor your home. Honor those in the home. The Bible teaches that. I'll come back and say some things about this in a moment. Same with the government. And the same in the church. One of the sustaining principles God put in active place in all three of these is honor. Honor. In the home, for example, we are taught to honor your father and your mother. And young people, that doesn't mean just when they let you do exactly what you choose to do. Honor your parents. Where would you be without them? You want to answer that one for me? Where would you be without your parents? The Bible also says that the husband is to give honor to his wife. That part of your lifestyle, husband? Do you honor your wife? And the interesting thing about that to me, and, and it just reaches out and captivates my heart and my mind. 
The Bible says, do that, that your prayers be not hindered. Read 1 Peter 3. That your prayers be not hindered. Now, there are a lot of things that hinder our prayers. You know that. But the Bible spells that out. You honor, husband, you honor your wife that your prayers be not hindered. Now, that's not hard to understand. One doesn't have to have a degree in rocket science to understand that. If you want to have your prayers hindered, then dishonor your wife. When it comes to government, the Bible says, honor the king. Read Second Peter. Romans 13, which we will look at in a few moments, explains something about what it means to honor the king and to honor duly constituted government. Same principle obtains in the church. Read 1 Timothy 5. The Bible says elders are to be counted worthy of double honor. We are also taught to respect and to honor one another. Are you aware of the fact the Bible says that we are to regard others as more important than we are? I don't know about you, I don't run into that very often. I think what we are most likely to hear is, my important, my, my, my opinion is more important than somebody else's opinion. And God help us that your grandfather might have gone to church in this place a hundred years ago. Doesn't make any difference, folks. I'll be perfectly candid with you this morning. I, I didn't intend to say this, but I'm going to. I had one man say to me, I'm so sick and tired of hearing, my granddaddy went to this church. And the inference was, that means my family is more important than your family. Wrong. Wrong. And I don't care what your last name is. Let's just get down to where the rubber meets the road, as Dr. McGee used to say. May I add? We don't have any charter members here. This church was established in 1856. Now, we got some old dudes here. I'm already in trouble. Why not go the whole route? Hey, listen, it's okay. Uh, but we don't have anybody that's a charter member here. We are. The Bible says this, dear people. It's not your pastor. It's not your board of deacons. It's not your Sunday school teacher. It's not your BSF leader. The Bible says we are to regard others with more honor than we regard ourselves. It's time we got busy about doing that and not something else. Honor. Honor. Give honor to other people. The Apostle Paul expressed it very clearly when he said in Romans 13, verse 7, Honor to whom honor is due. We are to give honor to whom honor is due. Now my reason for saying all that I have said so far is I want to be sure the principle of honoring other people in the church house is an established biblical principle. We're going to do that in a few minutes. But this is not something, if you'll let me use the expression, this is not something that the church is ginned up to do to take up time on Sunday morning. Honor to whom honor is due is something that is to guide to be part and parcel in the church. It is a biblical precedent. 
It is a biblical principle that we honor one another. And that's what we're going to do. A few years ago, at the direction of the congregation of Wake Chapel Christian Church, the Board of Deacons established what is referred to as a Lifetime Spiritual Service Award. Congregation said, establish this. The Board of Deacons did a Lifetime Spiritual Service Award. That was to be for exceptional and exemplary cases. It was not to be done ever because some individual thought they deserved to have this award. It was not ever to be done except in exceptional and exemplary cases. I've been asked the questions, and I suspect our deacons have also. Why don't you do this more often? And let me just say right up front, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but that's because there are not that many exceptional and exemplary cases. If we gave it to everybody, it wouldn't mean anything. Now, some of us are sports fans. I'm one. I am sick to death of a hundred bowls, bowl games. You? They don't mean diddly. I mean, everybody's going to a bowl game. Losing teams go to bowl games. That's ridiculous. They don't mean anything anymore. If you gave them to everybody, it wouldn't mean anything. You have some standards and some goals involved in honoring one another for things. I would like for you to turn in your Bible, please, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lifetime Spiritual Service Award is based to a great degree on these passages that I'm about to read for you. People who are involved in these things that we're going to read about. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul writes and says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the will of what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect looking at um, the lifetime spiritual service award from years past when this was done the thought was uh, somewhere in the life of the individual honored there ought to be some uh, a pretty significant referencing to Romans 12, 1 and 2. So far as the church is concerned, look down at chapter 13, verse 7. Romans 13, verse 7. And Paul, our, our phrase that we're interested in in particular this morning is the last phrase of the verse, but I'm going to read all of verse 7. Romans 13, verse 7. Rendered to all what is due them. Tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear. And notice the last phrase, honor to whom honor. 1 Corinthians is the next book in the New Testament. If you'll turn over just a few pages, please. 
chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. The apostle writes, In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy or faithful. It is required of a steward that they be found faithful. Before this award will be presented, it's my privilege to make a few comments about the recipient. I Let me insert a little something here. I wanted this to be a surprise. I wanted this individual to come to church this morning and be, wham, that's me they're talking about there. You'd call my name. Part of me is a coward. I was afraid that if I didn't talk to this individual, that this individual might not know that it was important for them to be in church today. And I had a picture of pastor standing up here with this plaque, and there's nobody here to get it. And I didn't feel too good about that. So my first step was to call a family member and say, I, I need you to be a, a, a bit conspiratorial with me. Can you find out if so-and-so is going to be in church on a Sunday in January because we want to present, Board Deacons wants to present this plaque. I got the information back. And uh, it was from the family, to the best of our knowledge, they have nothing else to nothing to take them out of town on that Sunday. Well, I took a, uh, a sigh of relief, and that's good. It's going to be a surprise. I'm going to go with it. And that's what the Board of Deacons wanted Monday night this past week. And this has been planned since, since uh, November, excuse me, November. Um, Monday night, 4 a.m., I awoke. And I know you don't care about this, but I'm going to tell you. I could not go back to sleep for fear of thinking. I've got this image in my mind of me standing up there with a plaque and nobody to get it. And uh, from 4 o'clock, I finally got up about 6.15. I didn't go back to sleep. And I thought, I can't do this. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted it to be a surprise. Deacons wanted it to be a surprise. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Can't do it. I called this individual and said, would you mind stopping by my office uh, this morning, Tuesday morning? And that happened. And um, this individual is probably the most self-effacing individual that I have ever known. Um, In God's goodness, he called me and my family here to Wake Chapel in 1987. And uh, the recipient today had a great deal to do around the church, did a lot of things then. Um, I can remember a half a dozen times 
asking if we can get your birthday on the birthday list of the church. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want people to be thinking about, you know, whatever. And it was, to the best of my recollection, two years before I ever found out the birthday of this individual. Just doesn't want to be up front at all about anything. But by God's grace, and certainly not my persuasion, by God's grace, this individual said, I'll be there. So the individual knows. Usually, we have some comments made about the individual. I have made the choice this morning that I want to make those remarks. Today's recipient of the Lifetime Spiritual Service Award has the heart of a servant. The heart of a servant. She exhibits an ability and a quick willingness to meet the needs and be of help to other people. Now, there are a number of individuals who do that. I'm looking into the faces of a whole raft of people who are quick to help others and meet their needs. But the thing that sets this person apart is not just the ability to serve, but it is the attitude with which the service is rendered. There's never a thought of, well, you know, I don't really have time to do this, but yeah, I will. What kind of a spirit does that reflect? When you hear somebody say that, well, man, I'm busy, but I guess I'll try to work this in. That's never, that's never been the attitude of today's recipient. There is a joy in helping. It's not how can I get out of this, it's what can I do more. The size of the need is not the determining factor. It can be a great thing that consumes, that will consume a a lot of time. Or it could be something that's small and that would seem rather inconsequential. Doesn't matter to this individual. The servant's heart guides her. The servant's heart is her motivation. Another interesting thing to me is this individual doesn't have to be on the committee to help with a particular committee. Doesn't have to be the chairman of the committee. Doesn't have to be on the committee. But if there's a need, what can I do to help? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. She will joyfully serve She has a servant's heart. Number two, she has an unselfish spirit. The thought is never, what do I get out of this? The thought is never, how does this benefit me? You know, something I feel sure many of us were taught in our very early years in Sunday school. Three things. You put the Lord first. You put others second. And you put yourself last. I know many of us were taught that when we grew up in Sunday school. The Lord's first, others second, me last. Our recipient puts that into practice. Number three in my list of comments. If you are privileged 
to count this person as a friend, you have a friend for life without reservation. She doesn't know the meaning of a fair-weather friend. She's not somebody that's going to speak good to your face and ill towards your back. And I can't help but say this. May God in His grace deliver us from such people. Honor one another. Somebody may make you mad and just tear you all out of the frame, so to speak. Don't speak ill of them when you get away from them. Don't get on the phone and say blah, 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 blah. You know? Come on, dear people. This is the church. It's the body of Christ. It is not a place for that kind of nonsense. Let me, let me be stronger about it. This is not a, the church is not a place for that kind of sin and evil. Something else that many of us learned. We probably learned it from our parents. If you can't speak well of somebody, don't say anything at all about them. We got too many people in the church that do, that don't do that. A lot of people in a lot of churches that speak ill of their church. I'm sure that pleases the Lord Jesus. If you can't say something good, just keep your mouth shut. Too blunt for you? You tell me it's wrong. Loyalty is embedded in the character of today's recipient. Loyalty. Number four. Faithfulness is a hallmark. The Apostle Paul said faithfulness was required. We read that a moment ago. Faithfulness is required. Our recipient understands that truth. Sunday school. Morning worship service. Wednesday evening prayer meeting. Ladies' circles. Special services. If it's a service of the church. Revival meeting. Whatever. If it's a service of the church. Our recipient will be there and will be supportive. Faithfulness is a key element in the Lifetime Spiritual Service Award. And quite frankly and very candidly, that's one reason it isn't given more often. The place I start looking as pastor, I don't know where the deacons begin, but the place I start looking for recipients to this is on Wednesday night prayer meeting. Faithfulness. Now, I've said some things which I intended to be kind. I have said things which I believe are totally accurate. Not a shred, not 1% of less than what I've said is part of this individual. I promised this person that she would not have to say a single word today. That was my blood oath. You will not have to say one single word. But if she did, she would, she would chide me for saying these things. She doesn't want to be up front. But these things are true, dear people. Recipient of the Lifetime Spiritual Service Award is Faye Hare.
Faye, would you join me, please? She doesn't even want to come over to the middle of the church. Also had the privilege, and that's one reason that I wanted to make the remarks this morning, uh, working with her for 20 years in the church office. You folks have no, you don't have a clue what goes on in the church office. It's, somebody compared it, uh, another pastor friend of mine compared it to making sausage. You just don't want to know. It's a lot like that sometimes, isn't it, Faye? (laughs) This reads, and I'm not going to keep her up here. I promised I wouldn't. Lifetime Spiritual Service Award presented to Faye Hare in honor of her many years of devoted, loving Christian service and unselfish servanthood, blessed with a servant's heart, always willingly giving of herself to meet the needs of others here in the church. Wake Chapel Christian Church, January 17, 2016. God bless you, dear. Thank you. Chad, I'm sure you're going to take her to dinner today. (laughs) I want to close with this this morning. Time is an intriguing subject to me. In fact, I've written a little note that will be in your bulletin next Sunday. It's an intriguing subject. Someone said time is the stuff of which life is made. All of us are allotted 168 hours each week. Allotted by whom? By our God. Time is one of God's greatest gifts to us. Any of you here, along with your pastor, ever said, just not enough hours in the day? Didn't have time to get that done. I suppose everyone within the sound of my voice has made a statement similar to that. Just didn't have time. But the interesting thing, one of the interesting things to me about time is everybody's got the same amount. Did you ever think of that? We have as much, as many hours in a day as Jesus had. Now, of course, he was God. I've got 24 hours a day. If God is pleased, I'll have 168 hours in this week. And so will you. So will you. 2 questions. Well, one question and one statement, and I'll close with that. Will you give part of that time to the Lord? Lifetime Spiritual Service recipient does. Will you give 
part of that time to the Lord? Second thought. Just imagine, just imagine what could be accomplished in Wake Chapel Christian Church and in Fuquay Arena, our community, because that's where we're planted. We're planted in Fuquay Arena. Just imagine what would happen if we gave a tithe of that time to the Lord. Wish I had a nickel for every time I'd been told, well, Sunday's the only day I've got. So I'm going to be at the lake. I'm going to be in the mountains. I'm going to sleep in. Whatever else. Imagine what could be accomplished in our church. Imagine what this church could accomplish in Fuqua Arena if we gave a tithe. If everybody in the church gave a tithe of their time. May the Lord speak to our hearts. He gives us the 168 hours. He gives us the 24 hours a day. May I say to you, it belongs to Him before it ever comes to us. Why can't we give Him back that time? Pray with me. Our Father and our God, how grateful we are for saints. Folks, you have called to a relationship with yourself. We name the name of Christ. But truth be told, we sometimes don't like to honor one another. We'd rather be nitpicking at somebody's flaws. And we've all got them. Even your family, when you were here on this earth, said he's beside himself. He's crazy. Now, that was not a flaw of his, but that's how it was. he was perceived by his brothers. There's something in humanity, there's something in fallen humanity that loves to look at faults. And we don't like to think about giving honor to somebody else. And we especially don't like to think about giving honor and, and, and honoring someone more than we honor ourselves. Father, I pray you'd work in your church and start with Wake Chapel Christian Church. Help us to honor one another. Help us to be loyal. Help us to be faithful to you and to the church, to one another. Give to us, we pray, uh, the, the, the heart of a servant. Father, thank you for faith. Thank you for, in years past, those other men and women who have received a Lifetime Spiritual Service Award. Thank you that we could honor them and do today. Give to us better relationships, loyal friendships, loyal to the church, not as someone looking to fault to find fault with an individual or with the church. Thank you for the example today. And may the tribe of the Lifetime Spiritual Award people, may their tribe increase at Wake Chapel Christian Church. We ask it in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.